Enter the world of Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge from the industry's best. You're just proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Mark Jackson from Vision Interactive. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. Awesome. First, kind of demographics, a little bit uh, about you um, and your organization. Where are you located? What's your specialty? Um, Tell us how you got your name. Anything in that that realm that sticks out? Oh, boy. Okay. We could use up our entire time on this response. (laughs) um, So I'm Mark Jackson. I'm the founder of Vision Interactive. Uh, Bootstrapped this business 15 years ago. Uh, My background uh, goes back into uh, sales. I started out in sales with uh, in advertising for television, uh, worked five years at the Dallas Morning News in print, uh, then jumped over to work for Lycos in February of 2000, uh, selling ads across the Lycos network. Uh, okay. Ran that into the ground. Uh, this was when the bubble burst. Um, so I uh, took some time off, swore to myself that I would never work in digital marketing ever again. Um, and then came back into town and had a call from AOL Time Warner to jump over there and start selling ads across that new behemoth. Uh, again, this is just post their merger. Um, did that for a year. Uh, they shut down that entire division. So we're now counting two layoffs within a three-year time period um, and had the opportunity to uh, open Google's office in the Dallas area or uh, bootstrap an agency doing this thing called SEO. Uh, so I had elected to uh, get into you know bootstrapping an agency from the ground up and was quite successful with that, uh, but wasn't successful in choosing a really uh, a very nice business partner. So uh, long story short, left that venture and uh, started Vision Interactive in 2005. Got it. And so your growth path, um, what has has been your your specialty in SEO and those things? Is there a vertical? Is there a, um, you know, something that you guys do really well? Well, I I would say that we are known mostly for our work in SEO, but we're quite astute uh, in the paid media realm as well. Uh, we don't specialize in any particular vertical. We have uh, clients across the you know the board, uh, everything from Universal Pictures to some smaller shops, uh, doing a lot with local listing management. Actually, people that have multi-unit uh, retail um, and anything in between, B two B, B two C. Really, we've we've covered most everything. Got it. Awesome. And um, uh, you know how. How are you um, unique in the way that you approach these clients and how are you able, I know you've got some really long tenured clients um, from our initial discussions. So how are you engaging and staying engaged and showing value through your process? Well, I will say that one one of the things that I really wanted to do differently when I bootstrapped Vision in 2005 was, you know, what I had noticed in the industry was that there are a lot of agencies that take on business. Uh, they may have senior level people involved in the initial pitch. And then once the contract sign and the checks are being cut, the work's being pushed down to junior level folks. 
or maybe interns or maybe even offshored. Uh, and in fact, that's something we had done at my, my previous agency, which uh, didn't allow me to sleep very well, to be honest with you. Uh, sure. So I, I think what people you know find with us is that we, we bring very experienced people to the forefront. These are the people actually doing the work. Um, and the idea, you know, when I set up vision was to be an alternative for some of these giant agencies who, um, may not give white glove attention to, you know, largest accounts, you know, they're just another account. Um, and I won't say that's for true for all, but that is true for many. Um, so we, you know, bring that kind of independent contractor, uh, feel, uh, to, enterprise engagements. Um, so I, I think that it's maybe a, a little bit of a niche for us, but um, I think that's why people come to us is to, for that expertise. It may be not the, the high price point of the large agencies and, and a little bit more um, personal approach to how we conduct our business. Cool. Um, one thing I always, uh, or I, I wanted to ask you specifically about, because as you know, we are a builder of websites and we need to think about SEO when we're building it from a technical standpoint, right? So page speed and um, indexability, all of those sorts of things. But we don't do kind of like the full-on strategy SEO. We partner with a lot of agencies like yourself for that work. Um, and one of our like you know, things that we're telling all of our clients is like, you need to think about this as you're building, not let's build it and then think about SEO. And I assume that you have that same viewpoint. And I'd love your perspective on on why we need to do that while we're building and not just, hey, let's build it and then we'll start our SEO process. Yeah, I, I wish I could tell you how many times I've had this uh, where people have launched their website. They feel like they've checked that off their list. And they, the next thing on their list was to do SEO. Now we need to optimize what we just built. And to your point, uh, that's really backwards. Um, you know, the idea should be that you're building the website very strategically, that you know uh, what needs to go into this website, be it content, you know, do we, do we need, have, how, how should we structure product pages to be successful or service pages to be successful? But then what is the uh, supporting content around that? If you're going to do blogging, you know, what kind of content plans should you have surrounding that? Um, all the technical stuff that you mentioned is super important, too. But it really, it if you think about our process, if, if we're stepping into a redesign effort, there's the keyword research. Uh, there's the competitive analysis, you know, identifying best practices from some of your competitors, see what's been successful for them. Then writing an information architecture and taxonomy that kind of provides the blueprint, the, the foundation of what the website should be. And then from there, you might wireframe how you want to organize this. And yep. th then you get into design, development, what have you. Yep, absolutely. I mean, 100%, I've seen it many times where we get called with the same question, even though we're not going to help resolve that problem, or we tell people that they should be doing this and they decide not to, and then look what happens. And then they try and do SEO later. We're still doing our best practices for speed and all of that, but 
having the right page structure for the creatives and making sure that they've got a focus and what where content should be and and a little bit about what it can say you know keyword research is important there's no necessary silver bullet though you know as google gets smarter and is looking for more genuine content you know you just have to do best practices and really tell your story and have good content and that's kind of making sure that that's not an afterthought and it is something that you absolutely need to do at launch or I mean, you've probably heard of the the horror stories of not doing 301 redirects on an e-commerce site or something like that. And just seeing rankings tank and have those charts. I'm sure you have charts and graphs of examples of those bad situations that you can turn around, but could could have easily been prevented. Well, and beyond just the 301 redirect mess, which you mentioned, I mean, that's not, that's making sure your old URLs are pointing to the new versions of those URLs. There, there's also the thought that so many times people go into a redesign and they want to simplify their web presence. Yep. And when they think simplification, they think reduce pages. Well, first, you need to understand where your traffic's coming from before you redesign. Uh countless times I've seen people walk away from rankings that they had because they didn't really understand how that traffic they were getting from that particular page might have played in their customer journey. And, uh, you know, the amount of traffic they were getting, the relevancy of that and how that you were introducing your brand to this uh, prospect by virtue of that page, but you made the decision that it wasn't important. So the really the first step is to make sure you're not walking away from rankings that you already have when you do this redesign. Um, take take account of that. Build that into the new information architecture. Uh, and to your point, if URLs are going to change, make sure you do those redirects. But do a forensic analysis of what you have now. Then find out what the competitors have that you may not have. Then build a solution. And yep. worry about look and feel later. Absolutely. I We had an, an example recently where we did do the appropriate steps with a partner and they're like a post on a blog from two years ago is driving like 50% of their relevant traffic for some reason that we didn't predict, but we have some theories as to why it's doing so well. And of course, in a redesign, they wanted to reduce the number of pages, um, but we made sure we had that one. Um, you know, and that's exactly what you're saying. Like if we wouldn't have done those correct steps, that page would be gone and 40% of their relevant traffic would be, would be gone as well. That's an extreme example. I think, um, this is a $2 billion nonprofit though. So it was like a decent find. And if you don't do those steps, you're losing out on, on even maybe the entire purpose of redesigning. Yeah. And not to say that there aren't sometimes, uh, good reasons for you to get rid of old content. Uh, right. You you want to have as much as you can a pretty concise, you know, uh, website that Google thinks is of value. If you have a bunch of just irrelevant or um, old, super old content that no one ever visits and no one's linked to in the past, then th- there are, you know, good reasons to get rid of some content. But too often people think, yes, yeah, simplify. And then along with that simplification, it's not just get rid of these pages. Sometimes it's get rid of all these words. Yeah. Well, again, there are ways to blend. When when people think of SEO friendly design, 
sometimes they think, well, that means I have to have a thousand words of copy on every single page. It's not true, but it is also true that you should have some good copy on these pages. Um, so I have seen extreme examples where people have not just removed pages, but removed a lot of good content uh, when they could have blended that in a very user-friendly way uh, and made the site both uh, attractive and good for search engines. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, good good chance to like talk more specifically about something uh, that you and I touched about that I, I found interesting on your website is your work with Linux. Um, and I know you've been working with them for a very long time and you have a very interesting story. So um, I'd love it if you'd share just with our audience a little bit about what you've done and what you've seen and, and some of the incredible results that you've gotten. Well, yeah, uh, we've been blessed to work with Linux for about 15 years now, I guess, uh, consistently on retainer with them to help them with their SEO efforts. And, um, you know, when we started with them, uh, they, like many, um, you know, they, they don't sell directly to consumer. Uh, so they felt like their website was to be a resource where people could get product specifications for their air conditioning products or, or furnaces or what have you. Um, and really, that that was about it. Um, they weren't interested uh, so much in reaching the end consumer. Um, and over time, uh, we helped them understand that SEO could be a very valuable resource for them. You know, getting them to rank for air conditioner, for example, might be a good thing. Uh, and again, it's about reaching people in various stages of the buying cycle. So if a consumer is uh, to find, you know, the Linux website through a Google search and they do their research and they understand how great these products are, they might go to their local HVAC dealer and say, I want a Linux product. And so that was the idea. Uh, and yeah, we've been quite successful. If you, if you were to go back and look at how their website was structured, you know, in the very early years, again, 15 years ago, uh, they referred to air conditioners as cooling products. Well, no one searches for a cooling product for their home. They search for an air conditioner. So little things like that, and then helping them architect their website. Over time, you know, we, we help them understand that they should have resourceful content built into their website, aside from just product content. So we talk them into doing things like a buyer's guide for their website, for example, uh, where they, people could get helpful, resourceful information. And then uh, it took us quite a while to talk them into getting into blogging and social media. Uh, so that they, once again, could provide some resourceful content out there. Um, and, you know, this resourceful content is actually what really what people will link to. And we know that links are important in SEO, right? So um, the, it, it, it's, it's, it plays all the way around. It's like the better your content is on your website, then the more links you're going to get and the links help the content to rank. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a good, uh, effort all the way around. Yeah. And the other thing I think this reminds me of is that it's an ongoing effort. SEO is not, let's do the initial build and it will set it and forget it. And it will show its value forever and ever and ever. There of course is some value that will just slowly decline, 
but talk us to us about like the effort that you need to keep up with both from like changing landscape and just like doing more, you know, all of those things that you can do more of or differently or better is just an ongoing effort in my assumption. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fact, when, when you have, um, you know, a consistent relationship like we've had with Linux, uh, you're there for when things just kind of happen on the fly. Um, you know, over 15 years, they have redesigned their site several times. Uh, and, you know, one case uh, uh, case study, I guess I would refer to is when they launched on a new technology, Angular JS, And uh, that actually, if, if not done properly, will lead to your site being essentially invisible to Googlebot. And that's exactly what happened uh, many years back. Um, and so we were there to catch that. You know, the, the site looked, in a browser, looked really good. But what wasn't understood was that Google couldn't see the content. Google couldn't recognize all the pages. And so we had to go in and, and you know, do some fixes, and, and we were able to regain their traffic pretty quickly. Uh, but then, you know, content planning is a consistent thing. Uh, you know, keeping up with uh, changes in, in searcher behavior, searcher intent. What are the what are the searchers looking for? Do we have that content? You know, what have, what are competitors doing on a routine basis? We have to keep track of that because the landscape is super dynamic in SEO. It always changes. Either Google changing their algorithms, uh, competitors doing different things, new competitors entering. Uh, the marketplace. Uh, so you have to stay on top of all of these things to make sure that we're, you know, fo- keeping things going forward. And and really, it, it's it proves out. Uh, you know, SEO is pretty ROI positive. It, it's it's a relatively small investment for potential huge gains. Uh, you know, right now, if you were to look at an SEM rush, if you're you know listeners are familiar with SEM rush, it's a tool that helps us to uh, place a value of the organic presence that we have out there amongst other things. It's a, it's a great tool. It does a lot of different things, but right now, uh, SEM rush estimates that Linux is getting about $913,000 per month worth of organic search traffic. And I can promise you, we're not charging Linux 913,000 per month. Uh, but that is, that's the, the potential is out there for, for great value. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, I assume with you, because I've seen some of these things happen is that you're iterating with your clients either on a weekly, biweekly or monthly cadence and you're showing reports and you're, it's as much analyzing the data as it is going and doing an activity to improve whatever data that you're gathering. And it's just kind of a, an iterative process week in and week out with the client. They have some tasks, you have some tasks, is that kind of the structure that people can expect in, in working with like a team like yours? Yeah, you, you'll have an annual plan typically that you're, you know, you've laid out for the next 12 months and you break it down into maybe quarterly or monthly uh, chunks to, to set out your tasks to, to reach those annual goals. Um, but, you know, it is very much a, co- a collaborative effort. Sometimes a company will have things pop up that they need us to focus on, uh, and we're happy to pivot and go in that direction. But um, it, SEO touches so many different things. There's never a lack of work. Uh, it, it's It could be technical. It could be content. It could be conversion rate optimization. It could be uh, digital PR. 
where you're trying to establish thought leadership for a company and, and you know, all of these things and an analytic study, deep analytic study. But it, it, it's it's a big like stew. And, and yep. so you, you, you're constantly throwing in different ingredients and, and tasting and saying, does, does this taste better or worse? <laughs> and so that that's the best, uh, I guess, analogy I could use is that there's a lot that can go into this. Um, and it's, you know, people that have been doing this for a while kind of know which threads to pull and uh, which direction to take things and and then, it, as you say, at the end of the day, you're, you're running your reports every month and you're saying, did that work uh, or did it not work? And if it didn't work, then what do we need to do to fix that? And you know, how can we continue to uh, make things better? Yeah. And I think, you know, just hearing you talk about that, it makes me, you know, the well, at least in our world where we where I know a little bit about this is that there is no magic bullet. There is no, if somebody says that they can create extreme results for you for very little cost, there is very much, it's very unlikely that that happens. You have to go through a process. You have to do it. You have to spend the appropriate amount of time. You can still see incredible gains that you, that you're talking about, but there, it's not a black magic thing or just play just like it was years ago. And you place locations or services along the footer of your site over and over and over. Um, there aren't those th- or fake links. You just have to do the activities around what makes these search engines uh, make you rise to the top. And they've filtered through the majority of the black magic tricks that you can do. Um, and it, But the, you can still see results from professionals who are doing it day in and day out. Yeah, I would say it's both art and science. And, right. uh, you know, some of these things that are super inexpensive some uh, can sometimes cause more harm. So you're actually, you're paying for something that's hurting you. So right. yeah, it, it is tricky, but you know, investing in SEO is a super challenging thing for most people because it's hard to invest in something you don't understand. So right. the most important thing folks can do, you know, um, rather than just thinking I got to do this SEO thing and, and getting some, you know, RFPs out there and, and going with the one that seems like they, you know, the list of deliverables is long and the price is low and I'm going to go with them. You really have to vet these things uh, to, to find the best solution for you. And, and sometimes I'll tell people you're better off not investing in SEO than to do what you were thinking about doing with these other folks. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, thanks so much, uh, Mark. That's all the time we have on uh, today's show for Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Uh, there is, you can find Mark. Um, I think the easiest place to find him is vision.com, but I am going to spell that is V-I-Z-I-O-N.com. His email is marketvision.com. And then you'll also find links in the show notes here to his case study for Linux, as well as uh, his website and organization. Um, so thank you again for all of our listeners. You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash mind your own marketing business or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks again for joining us, Mark. And uh, until next time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you. <laughs>